0: My Michelle Live Podcast. My, my,
1: my, my Michelle Live. My Michelle Live. Sports timeout. The fans, the field, the faith, the fun. Here's Michelle.
0: Hey my sports loving friends, welcome to the team today. Let me introduce you to who you're going to be playing with today as we look at sports news stories and there's some big ones, there's even some crazy ones, some disturbing ones, some exciting ones and we're going to look at them and give you our Point of view are two cents for what it's worth. Here are the guys on the sports timeout team today. We have pastor, a coach, chaplain, all-around cool guy, Garrick Ping.
1: Get ready to get... Yeah, oh,
0: hey. pastor. Hey,
1: Reverend, you could have just said
0: amen. Someone say amen. We have with us the author of this book, breaking yesterday please go to mymichellelive.com and pick up your copy you will not be disappointed it's great sci-fi great read a real fun role we have with us well here Author, he is.
1: photographer Brent R. Baker <laughs>
0: with us you cannot see his picture either today but i'll let you i'll let you see it this way yeah that's him right there joshua mcmillan wookie of the year josh mcmillan there he is and there you are guys glad to have with you with us for sports time out today let's get to some of the exciting stuff and for me a big heartbreak the avalanche swept the oilers and advanced to the stanley cup final and i am heartbroken i was pulling for a canadian team what the heck guys canada it wasn't meant
2: to be this year i mean yeah, well, they have like a...
1: 30 years
2: since the canadian
1: teams won the nhl title um,
0: <laughs> and they even... take it so seriously and we do have junior leagues though where edmonton isn't doing so bad but oh gosh guys and did you hear uh, during the the last game where donka gave a holy shit during <laughs> the landscape? game was, <sighs> oops awkward
2: yeah
0: yeah there's a it was a little awkward but it's as awkward josh as when you're watching coaches on the sideline and you know what they're saying you can see their mouths move you don't have to be a consummate mouth reader to see there's a little bit of profanity who knew you're a player garrick and and a pastor you surely you don't hear that on the field oh never (laughs) You're no evil, see no evil, speak no evil. Or repent later. That might be it. The heat
2: of the moment in games, I think it's it just sometimes comes out and that's just how it is. And I think when you're an announcer, when you see things happening, it'll it'll slip out too. And so it we're happens. all human.
0: You're saying it happens. Well, Lightning also pulled ahead of New York for head by one game. They have three to their two and just one more win, and they'll bring their domination to a three-time appearance in the Stanley Cup final, which would be impressive. But so I think they've had their time. I hate to say it to my friends down there in Florida, but I, I think I'd like to see New York or at least a couple of teams that actually have ice in the winter actually can play at some point in
2: the year yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) so uh I've been really enjoying the Stanley Cup because I'm telling you it it, the the level of play at this time is absolutely astounding the NBA is in their finals Tracy McGrady McGrady, kind of dissed Steph Curry though did you hear about this? He said that he's not in the class of Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, or Magic Johnson. Ouch. What do you say, Josh?
3: You got to prove yourself to get into that stratosphere. You can't. I don't think Tracy McGrady necessarily is in that stratosphere to make those claims. Uh-huh. But Stephen Curry himself, I don't know. He's a good player. Don't get me wrong, he's really good but I, I don't think that he's in the Michael Jordan conversation to be fair. I don't think Kobe Bryant or magic Johnson is in the Michael Jordan conversation either.
0: Okay. Okay. Don't okay. get me yeah. wrong. Yeah. No disrespect
3: yeah. to Kobe. And this is what like Tracy McGrady's all over the place. Don't get me wrong. I, I used to like watching T-Mac play, but like Kobe Bryant is a legendary player, but he's not the greatest of all time. One of the biggest reasons I'll, I will stick to that to my grave that he is not the goat Jordan is look at his shooting percentage. He's not a guy that like is super clutch. He doesn't, he shoots like 30% some games from the field. You'd see games where they would lose where he'd score 40 points and he'd go all out, but it's because he's getting the ball every time and just tossing it up there. And again, like he he is a great player, but I just don't think that he he had the mentality down, Hmm. but I don't think he had the physical talent of guys like Jordan or LeBron. And Magic Johnson again, a, also a really good player, but I don't think that he's in that same
2: conversation as Jordan.
0: Mm. Okay, yeah, Brett. There,
2: there are very few players in, in any sport that that have risen to the level of Michael Jordan. Dr. J in the day, he good was day. a phenomenal player. Uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Those are some of the guys that I would mix into this conversation. Probably not Steph Curry, and and, and you look at who has who he has been. The players who have been around him have helped make him as well. And whereas Magic Johnson, he, you could have put him on any team, and and he they would have dominated.
3: Exactly. And you if you want to talk about the goat status, you you have to talk about guys that alone could change any team into a playoff team, could change any team into a, a title contender. And Michael Jordan was one of those players because he could just take over the game. He, like, there's games where, like, you just there, – there were teams that he was on where they would just send the four guys out to the perimeter, and it was basically Jordan one-on-four just driving to the rim. Yeah, I mean, otherworldly and... talent. LeBron okay. James is the same True. way, where you've seen games where he just takes – over and dominates the game. Okay, um, and that's and true, but come on that's game, not but playing he,
0: on a team. That's just guy one guy superstarring. So if if one guy yes. is is better at upping his team rather than just scoring points and playing a one man one on 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 a, on another team, then can you really compare? It's just I'm just saying, let's get well, Brentis. Yes.
3: Because it, that's not all they did. That was that. That's part of their strategy. Sometimes it's just to let them go off when they're on okay. fire, right?
1: Go ahead, oh, Brent. Leaders. Oh, sorry. I said, to me, there's two guys that I put at the top of the goat list. So that's Michael Jordan and Wilt Chamberlain. Those mm. two guys in very different, two different ways that dominated games, as well as elevating their teammates, just because they were such a transcendent talent. I don't think LeBron's there. I don't think he's he's obviously one of the best. I don't think he's one of those top two. I don't put Kobe there. If we want to talk about Steph Curry, I it's hard for me to say that there's anybody who's a better shooter than he was. But as an overall player, I wouldn't put him as one of the you know top three or four guys of all time. Best shooter, yeah, but you can't be you can't be like the he's almost waif like out there. small thin he's not going to dominate on the boards he can get knocked around but he's dependent on other players on his team
3: right yeah
2: Yeah.
0: there you go yeah Yeah, i think that's a good argument it's this is a pretty interesting debate i will say that uh steph curry's teammates though they said something that to me puts him over the top maybe you as we've talked arguably maybe not in the game But in the game of life, they praise and admire his humility as a superstar. And to me, that is spectacular because you can hear a lot of the goats of the game who may not be so great off the court. I think that character really does count in the end. And and that was a really cool thing to hear. So there you go. Kudos to Steph Curry. You may not make uh, McGrady's red hot best players of all time. But if you've got character, that counts a lot in better books. We'll just say the NBA stars, by the way are speaking out on Brittany Griner. They've all come together and said, hey, using their star power to say, because I guess Russia cares, I don't know, <laughs> to bring Brittany Griner home. Do you think really they're looking at it going, oh, wow, now the NBA is against us. And maybe Hollywood might come out, too. Do you think they're shaking in their boots, Brent? Probably not. Okay, there you go. Probably not. There you go. And I wanted to take this to soccer. This not having to do with Brittany Griner, but with teams coming together over issues now. And it's funny that we're seeing this more and more where it's issues that are off the field like Brittany Griner just loosely connected we're going to see more of the U.S. men's soccer team coming out against gun violence and such and it's what does that have to do with soccer Canada by the way is on strike the Canadian team is on strike they canceled a match with Panama hours Before the kickoff, after getting there and getting all set up because there is a new proposed labor deal and they're demanding equitable structure with the women's national team. I wanted to take this on with you guys because I have an interesting spin to it. Josh, thoughts?
2: We know what
3: Josh thinks. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, do you do you need my opinion again on, on these things I, I don't know in really. a
0: nutshell just for those who are new to the game today
3: oh in a nutshell this thing has been going on for a while and as i've said before when it first came out i was like yeah of course they should have you know equal pay and why not especially when like for the u.s women's team they were winning more than the men's team was turns out they were offered the exact same deal as the men and they didn't want it because the way it breaks down is the men's team, they make their salary from their clubs. So they don't really care about a salary or benefits. They just want the big bonus money from doing well and winning. The women don't have that. They have a much smaller bonus structure, but that's because they negotiated to have a year round salary. And they negotiated to have benefits, healthcare, dental, etc. And, if you look at their total compensation packets, it's actually way more than the men because they don't play for clubs and they had that always. deal and then they were Not arguing always. false pretense that they aren't getting paid as much of the men and they should have the same bonus structure. So they're wanting to have their cake and eat it. Too,
0: they wanted what they negotiated, plus the extra benefits that the men had for the U.S. Uh, national team. And now Canada is, wait, the U.S. got this. We want it too, and the men are standing up. And Garrick, uh, as a soccer player, uh, this, this may be of particular interest to you, but I got to tell you, I do think awesome that men are standing up for women, because I think men have been emasculated in our country. Uh, I think that men have uh, been put in their place, and I I like that they're standing up for women. I just think that we're not always thinking it through, but I'd like to get your thought on it.
2: Yeah, again, I am very much into equal pay for equal work and, and those types of things,
0: In equal settings. Pardon? In equal settings.
2: And that's the thing is that you have to take the whole picture into account. You can't just say, and and you've used this example before, Michelle, you work hard behind the microphone and you can't believe that someone like uh, Rush Limbaugh was making more money than you are. It's like, this is not a sexual discrimination issue. It, It has to do with your market. It has to do with so many other factors and endorsements and all those types of things um, need to take be taken into account as well. And so I don't think you can just say, let's just make it equal. There's a part of me that's, yeah, let's try and do that. But when you look at the world and, and the way the world is, the, way, the world just isn't that way.
0: The world and- just isn't that way, Brent. I'm not able
1: to hear what the other guys are saying, but I think as we look at all these things, I still have issues when we equate equality of opportunity with equality of outcomes, and forcing forcing basically wage controls in this way, I think is counterproductive in the end, and usually ends up just hurting the entire um, industry rather than lifting up the ones that are being advocated for.
0: I think that's well put. Other soccer news, the U.S. men's national team blew out Morocco 3-0. Woo in style. Wales earned their final World Cup slot in the U.S. group. And we are actually about to hear uh, where the 2026 World Cup location will be here in the United States. There's a lot of places in the running, the Rose Bowl, Seattle, other places across the the nation. The 2026 FIFA World Cup will be the 23rd third world cup and it will be we'll see it's supposed to come this month so i'm excited because i'm pulling for my uh, city of seattle i'd love to see it here major league rugby is in crisis a major league rugby i think josh would be a great rugby player, by the way. I think if we started a rugby team, Josh and Kochi who couldn't join us today, man, we with with them and your speed, Garrick, We, I think we'd have some competition here. Major League Rugby, though, is fairly new in the United States. It's fascinating. It's fun. I love the game. It's a little bit of American football, a little bit of soccer, the thing everyone else calls football, and a lot of its own characteristics characteristics. characteristics but a salary cap issue has cut out two top teams from the playoffs so now Austin and is disqualified and LA is disqualified and that just really sucks at a time where Major League Rugby is in a struggle for relevance. I know even here in in Seattle, they have a hard time communicating with the press. They do shoddy work with their photography and their reporting, at least some of it, sideline reporting at least. And Josh, I'd like to see rugby just take off. But do you think some of this is a setback?
3: It certainly is a setback. I, just, I have a hard time... Like when you're a new league, you, you got to give some grace to your franchises. Like it's hard to when when you're like you said struggling for relevance to disqualify two of your teams because of that. That's and I, I get it. You want to keep it fair, but like. Mm-hmm. Gosh, you can't like doing that right before the playoffs when they're the top teams. That seems like something that, like you should have figured out before the season starts. That was my thought. You know is, but, like, yeah, why, why are you out. just figuring this out? Fig- now?
0: Why are we just figuring it out now? Right. I, yeah. Or I
3: penalize them for next year. Don't cut them off at the heel because their yeah. fan base is probably excited for the playoffs as whatever fans they have. And now suddenly it's just gone. Oh, that's just give them a penalty for next year. Give them a cap hit next year. Do something penalize whatever you want to do next year but don't cut them off wow
0: that's a really good point brent if you didn't hear what josh said because you're you are joining by phone he was saying that uh why penalize not just the team but their fan base in a time where you're trying to grow major league rugby uh cut them off next year set them back next year but doing this may be an actual setback for the whole game especially those who are when you're building your fan base from scratch
1: yeah I, I, I agree i think obviously when you have misconduct on the parts of teams that do need to be penalized but when you and you have two of the best teams in your league and then you take them out of the playoffs because of these things it punishes the, the entire fan base of the league the fans that have been watching know mm-hmm. that the best teams aren't in the playoffs and so
0: it puts an asterisk I on the, the game I,
1: I, you're always going to have asterisks to so look at baseball with the houston astros they cheated. And I don't think they got punished as much as they should have. But I would rather have it played out where they're getting booed for years afterwards and maybe losing draft choices mm. and that sort of stuff than getting down to October and saying, well, you have a 100 win team here. We're not going to let them play when mm. everybody can see that the players on that team are among the best in the league, even if you hate them. Yeah, I, Good point. I think that this is this is Major League League Rugby shooting themselves in the foot. Take these teams out for next year as far as draft choices or further salary cap restrictions, something like that doesn't um, destroy the season that has already been in progress.
0: In a nutshell, I have been really enjoying Major League Rugby. It is... uh a game that's a sport that is a little more foreign to me. So I've really enjoyed learning about it. Every other American sport has been in my blood since I I drew my first breath. So learning about rugby has been a lot of fun and watching it grow has been great, but I, don't want to see it destroyed by bad management and an inability to make good decisions that can grow it for the future. So good discussion on that, guys. It is Pride Month, and there's some pride-related stories, of course. One big one is in Louisiana, transgender sports banned. Boom. I'm sorry, unless you were born a girl, you ain't playing on the girls' team. End of story that's how it is in Louisiana. The Rays in baseball, a bunch of players opted out of wearing the pride logo. Now they said it's because of their faith in Christ. They said they're not against anyone. They're not against anyone playing. They're not against people being on the team and loving the people who are on their team. But if it comes down to faith, There are things that we can that we can choose not to do that go against God's best. And where it comes to pride and society versus my faith in Christ, I'm going to go with Christ. I thought they did it tactfully i thought they did it in a way that was respectful in the Ray's locker room it seemed that they everyone seemed to say hey that's the point of uh, being inclusive and it's the point of diversity if people have differing views you respect them too I thought it was handled great, but a lot of people aren't so happy about it. Brandon Donovan was a rookie for the Cardinals, helped the team with a 7-4 win over the Cubs this last week in a 10 inning victory. And the woke mob was angry at, them, at him because of homophobic tweets that he made when he was a kid over a decade ago. So there's some big pride issues out there, and it seems like the people who cause the most ruckus and anger and angst and division are those who are looking for people to be inclusive and accepting. I don't know. Let's go to Brent first, and then we'll uh, let you guys jump in. I
1: think this is just another symptom of this kind of societal illness that we have, where you want to talk about inclusiveness, but inclusion only means one viewpoint it seems on just about everything so when a team or when a league decides okay everybody's going to wear rainbow flags the ones that choose not to all of a sudden you're not they're not the inclusion does not um, apply to them we saw this we're seeing this too with teams that are like taking a stand against gun violence but there's a difference between gun violence and gun rights and so if you had somebody. If you had somebody in the middle of that say, I actually believe in the Second Amendment, you can believe that the, the mob would be coming after those people too. There was something else just in the news yesterday where Jack Del Rio of the Washington football team, I will, <laughs> the Washington football team made some comments where, you know, about the, the hearings about the January riots outside the Capitol and brought up, the, the riots that followed the murder of Floyd. And I, some of his comments were a little clumsy, but at the same time, he just got fined $100,000 personally because he didn't go with the party line of what the NFL wants their diverse and inclusive environment to, to communicate. So, yeah, and how- all, of the, all, all of this diversity does not mean diversity of opinion. And
0: how okay is that to get fined because of your opinion in a country where we tout free speech, that he doesn't have the right to that opinion because he works with the NFL? Josh Garrick?
2: I really, I'm just kind of tired of all this because to, I think Brent made excellent points. And what you talked about, Michelle, in the beginning, as we looked at this poll Issue. Oh, my brain just stopped. Do you that need was to pass like the ball, sentence. buddy? Or are you okay? Um, as you look at these types of issues, I think it's we, we miss out on the big picture. Oh, now I remember what I said. It came back. Thank you for returning, my dear thought. The problem is not what's happening actually up close in the situation. So, as you pointed out, the raise team, the raise management, they dealt with this very well. But you see this in all kinds of issues across the board is that then the news media takes it, spins the story, Mm -hmm. and selectively picks and chooses parts of it to make it inflammatory. And they don't talk about the behind the scenes and the the types of actual substantive things that were discussed by the individuals who are involved, but they blow it out of proportion. And then everybody and their cousin goes out and makes opinions on it when they don't know anything about the real substance of what actually took place.
0: My friend, that is America in a nutshell. And honestly, if there, Josh, if there are players that together that say, hey, we are players that represent this, that are from this team, and we want to talk about gun violence and surrendering your guns, that's fine, as long as it's off the field and away from the brand, because that's what soils it to me. And it gets us away away from the stuff that we're here talking sports because we all love sports in fact this is a good lead-in as we've been talking a little bit about some of these major league baseball players and and issues to get to what we really care about watching the struggle on the field is exciting watching the struggle you follow for example the underdog team of our century i think or at least of this new century the seattle mariners and that's fun. It's sweet. It's innocent. It's beautiful. It's things that differing people of differing races, colors, creeds, identities, politics can come together and enjoy and watch the struggle and hopefully someday see the Mariners actually make the playoffs. <laughs>
3: Oh, maybe I've been on Twitter too much because it seems like a lot of Mariners fans don't enjoy anything. <laughs> I swear. It's been an experience lately. But despite people wanting to, for instance, people were talking about how Cal Raleigh needs to just be cut and never play baseball again. Then the last week or so, he's starting smashing home runs and r- driving in runs. At like, he's been great. And I've been saying for a while, look at his, look at how he's doing it. He's getting, he was getting out, but he was hitting balls hard. He was almost there. Give him time. He's there now. But despite the hate that gets on the very reactionary fan base on the, the vocal minority in Twitter, as I like to think uh, the one thing that has brought us all together was that we all hate the Astros. (laughs) We all hate the Astros and For the first time since 2018, the Mariners have won a series in Houston, beating the Astros two out of three, including a bases, a benches clearing get together. It wasn't quite a brawl. It was almost there after a couple of hit by pitches and man, was it good to see it. And the best part about it is Astros fans saying, oh, you guys, are irrelevant. They sure care a lot about a team that's relevant and, and losing to a team that is <laughs> isn't, mind irrelevant. And you know, honestly, I think that there should have been another bases clearing this time brawl because the, the first time what happened in the, in game one brawl, Ty France often gets hit by pitches, right? He got hit by one. Bad side. And, which to me is, that's ridiculous, going out there. The umpire couldn't see it. He didn't see it. Yeah, he didn't see it, and Scott Service ended up going out there and chirping at them. That ended to the bases-clearing event. couple, the next batter was walked, and then Eugenio Suarez, one of the good vibes only, nicest guy on the baseball field, goes out there. And the pitcher throws one that almost hits him in the head. It goes right behind his neck. And the at that point, then, the Dusty was thrown out. Dusty Baker, the Mariners, the Astro, and the pitcher was thrown out because he was given a warning for the first time. The Mariners win that game. We lose the next one. The next game, we blow them out. But Julio Rodriguez, who...
2: He got thrown out twice. He got hit twice.
3: Yeah, okay, I should add this. In the first game, after the bases-clearing event when uh, France was hit, with one man on, obviously... Julio Rodriguez, our rookie, is up to bat, and he smashes one the other way for a home run. Totally there in the moment. That is what you need to do in that emotional moment. You need to smash one out. He does. Game three, he gets hit twice in the arm. I would have run out there and... Clothesline to the freaking pitcher! I swear, I'm shocked <laughs> in there wasn't a the base wasn't the clearing of that. <laughs> but the the worst part about all of it, though, was Dusty Baker's comment after the first game. He was saying that just happens. You have to pitch inside. There's not a lot of room in there between the plate and the batter. Dusty Baker, your first hit by pitch was behind the man. That you, it was thrown behind Ty France. The other one almost hit the guy in the head. Don't give excuses like that, <laughs> but oh my goodness. But the, the good news, I'll get off of this subject. The Mariners have won uh, the last four series in a row, coming home from a road trip, starting a homestand. And to this point of the season, they've had the fifth toughest record of baseball. The rest of the way, they have the sixth easiest. So get ready for the Mariners to keep going on a tear. We're seeing guys improve. We're seeing things happening for them and it's time and I, I'm fired up If we, when, when we play the Astros next I might go just so I can jump out of the stands and charge them out <laughs> <Be ready.
0: laughs> oh, I'll pay to see that we'll all go to watch that right? I yeah. love <laughs> it because, yeah you just saw the picture of Josh Wookiee of the year yeah he's about the size of a Wookiee I'm telling you right now he could play he could be the entire front line in the NFL for an NFL team speaking of NFL lawsuit 24 now filed against Deshaun Watson and this is something I wanted to talk to you about and so as we wind down some of our show today do quarterbacks have big heads we're talking about Steph Curry and is humility even an issue with quarterbacks anymore and I'll tell you why I asked that here's some stories Cam Newton believes he's still a starting quarterback, and he blames his failure, if there is any failure, on effed up situations in New England and Carolina pass that buck it's always someone else's problem we used to see Russell Wilson who's really in the news today or this week a humble guy when they'd lose he'd say hey yeah there's things we have to work on but man the buck stops here man it's all on me I got to become better we stopped hearing that in the last couple of years of his time in Washington Tom Brady showed up for practice and he was like nonchalant yeah I'm late I'm Tom Brady as uh, the news stories talk about his yacht being bigger than the Titanic now in the news guys Tom Brady was snubbed by Ryan Fitzpatrick because uh, because of his attitude or not showing up on time and for him not being one of the greatest quarterbacks in NFL history which come on he is whether you like the guy or not he was dissed by others for being late to practice Russell Wilson dissed All over the place this week. Did you see? I'll play it. Maybe late post production. But did if you guys saw the green screen of him saying, "Yo, let's ride," and it was hokey, it was cheesy, and people came out in mass lambasting him for being awkward and silly and cheesy and thinking too much of himself. Holy crap. Crowder had dissed him and said the only reason his wife's with him because she's a rapper and she, and, and here he's corny is his money. And even Bobby Wagner weighed in this week and while not dissing Russell Wilson he said I'm looking forward to hitting him because I haven't gotten to do that in the past. So Brent. Baker, uh, what's up with these big-headed quarterbacks?
1: I think that all you can say is if there was ever an example of first-world problems, (laughs) um, (laughs) it would be these guys.
0: (laughs) Whoa! (laughs) First-world problems, Josh.
3: Yeah, I don't know. If I could just comment (laughs) on Russell Wilson, the worst part about that is that was one take out of about a hundred if you saw the other video where they were going over, and they were like, they were "like if I tried again, now do this. And I, gosh, he has been unbearably corny in Denver. <laughs> like, it's like he's on a new team. He's like, all right, time just let it all out. Because here it's like, it felt like he kept a cap on it and just kind of let it out once in a while. You know what I mean? Like every once in a while I'd be like, "All right, I'm going to let the corny out." I was like, "Hey Seattle, we got a deal." It would come out in little spurts. Since going to Denver this offseason, like the in the cringiest thing I've ever seen was there pretending like he's getting the draft day call from the Denver Broncos.
0: Oh.
3: <laughs> oh my gosh. I like half the stuff, I can't even finish like the 30 second clip. It's too much. No more. Thank you. We can move on. Um, Yes, a lot of them do have big heads. I think Russell Wilson's got a little bit too big or something. I don't know what's happening. I
0: think uh, Coach E, who's often on the show, put it. We were talking about it when we went to a a basketball game recently. He said, I liked the Tommy Bahamas Russell Wilson, not the GQ Russell Wilson. There's a just. distinct difference and i like that old russell wilson he was a real guy this guy yeah he's a superstar wannabe and it it doesn't fit as well as his suits so there you go doing it that well he's not it's true true.
1: playing well but as far as once the head got bigger than the shoulder pads it didn't fit him it just it was natural for him to be that way and yet it just seems like it he, he just kept trying to to up the ante on putting himself out there and it just wasn't working
0: yeah he went from everyday guy to the matrix look and it's not working but it does uh lead us to the trivia question of the day what former bronco lost the chance at 900 million dollars this week 900 million dollars what bronco guys any thoughts on this Boom! Boom! Bump! No, it would be John John Elway. John <laughs> He's Elway. He's
2: the only guy that I know of who plays with that kind of money. It wasn't that kind
0: it. of money, actually. It was he had he was owed money, went under contract, and they uh, said, "Hey, here's what we'll do: instead of paying you this." Big bunch of money. What we're gonna do is give you 5% of the team and you have five years to say, yeah, I changed my mind and then we'll pay you 5 million for that option, I think it was five million, and he said no. If he would not have said no, this week when Rob Walton agreed to buy the Broncos for four point five freaking billion dollars, he would have come off with a cool nine hundred million. So he's probably having a bad week and going, "Oh man, why didn't I?" Ah, oh, it's that Monday morning quarterbacking for. <laughs> away so there you go a couple other stories before we end the program and they're big from the olympics figure skating they've lowered the minute they've raised the minimum age to 17 for the 2026 olympics and i think that's a good thing that pressure for kids is just way too much and a big and some big news the special olympics usa games are being held at espn's Wide World of Sports Complex in Kissimmee, Florida. It's held between the 5th and the 12th of this month this year. It's happening now, and it's about 5,500 athletes and coaches from all 50 states in the Caribbean. But uh, the LA Times is disson DeSantis, and they said that he, quote... Bullied Special Olympics into betraying its athletes. They are betrayed now. How did he betray them? Because he promised to fine to fine anyone, uh, any organization, p- private, public, whatever, for mandating vaccines. And they said this is dangerous. And in other words, what the, what they're really saying, Brent, is that these special Olympic athletes can't think for themselves they're not really mentally or or able to make their own decisions so we need to make those decisions for them because most of them would be at higher risk for COVID so they don't get to make that decision we should make that decision and because we're not making it they are now betrayed how condescending is that Brent
1: well to be fair for the most part, our entire society was treated that way as far as the decision to, to be vaccinated or not. So I'll, I'll give a little bit of leeway on saying, okay, I don't think they're singling out the Special Olympians as not being no, capable. Of making they're not
0: singling when, them out, but when, it's still condescending.
1: Anybody, could, But what I will say is what you're, you're looking at is if a physically more vulnerable population that should have more rights to make that decision for themselves, them and their caregivers and doctors, than maybe the rest of us who don't have the physical uh, challenges that many of them do. Because I, I think that there's probably some unique conditions there that you shouldn't just assume that the vaccine is gonna behave in some of those individuals the way it does in the rest. If you take, even If you take away all the debate about whether the vaccine's effective or not, what its side effects are, for that group, for the Special Olympians, they especially should have that right to make that decision and not be forced to do it. So. I think the bullies are not Governor Newsom and such. We're seeing were the bullies in this case.
0: I'm seeing the L.A. Times because somehow this writer for the L.A. Times knows more than the doctors of each and every one of these 5,500 Special Olympiads. So but this, come,
1: this California Governor Gavin. It's not even his problem. It's not even his state, and he an opinion about Thank you. Anyway.
0: Don't be a nuisance, Newsom. <laughs> Another big story uh, as I I think it may require a little bit of prayer too and it's a weird story. There are six Haitian special Olympic soccer players that went missing, leaving their luggage behind ever and no sign of them. Where did they go? All six of them. We just don't know. Anyone hear of an update on that? No? If you consider <laughs> Florida as part of that, yeah, maybe. So it, it may be vanished. a matter of prayer. Guys, it's time it, for us to wind things up and go for our final shot. Oh, shot. Let's go with Josh first. Joshua McMillan. I think we lost Josh. We'll go with Brent.
1: Okay. We've talked about some of the out of Main Street sports a little bit. And so I'll add one more here. It sounds like we are going to have a Major League Cricket League giving it a go in the United States. Wow. And there we have enough particularly popular in like India and South Asia. And we have a, a lot of expats here that are still follow their teams back home. We talk about baseball being too long sometimes. And and yet the cricket the typical cricket match can take like up to three days, and that might be cool. But what they're actually talking about doing, there are some modified versions of cricket that take three hours long um, and feature a lot of scoring. And it's a game that I do not know a whole lot about other than it has common roots with baseball. So I'm excited to see what comes of this. But there's investors ready to go, and they're looking at an MLS model where it's a lot of the teams have the common ownership from the league and aren't like franchised out so yeah it'll be interesting and something maybe another sport to dig your teeth in michelle that you're not real familiar with
0: i know so looking forward to it i do watching crickets and i don't think there's many sports that i would snub my nose at garrick final shot
2: <laughs> i like listening to crickets <laughs> Very really calming okay. and peaceful. No, my final shot actually goes to a team that you were talking about earlier, but not in a positive way because they beat up on your Canadians. But the Colorado Avalanche, um, they swept their um, Stanley Cup playoff uh, series against yeah, uh, the Edmonton Oilers. And they did it in, in fine fashion as well, scoring a ton of goals and just playing really well. They've earned that spot in the uh, Stanley Cup final Uh, And so we'll see who they get to face, whether it be New York or more than likely, it'll probably be Tampa again.
0: And my final shot goes to the Tampa Bay Ray players who because of conviction chose to not wear the pride patch. And the reason I wanted to just sing their praises is that they were standing up for their conviction. And there have been others that have stood up for their conviction. We've listened, though disagreed, and admired them for their fervor and for their passion. Uh, Megan Rapino, I've often disagreed with her on differing issues, but I love the woman for her passion and her personality and her willing to fight for what she believes in I want to stand up and say yeah raise way to go for those team members who stood up for something so much more important than how much you're getting paid or what you want to do in the bedroom but taking a stand for the gospel of Christ and the reason I say that my friends is because your worldview matters when you look at the logical end of your ideas based on your worldview how does that end up how does that affect society? How does that affect your attitude, your relationships, your marriage, our futures, your children? When you look at a biblical worldview, there is life, there is hope, and there is nothing better, worth fighting for and it's the best team that you could possibly play on and it's the one that wins in the end and it's the one that we're all playing on here thank you guys for joining in today we will catch you next week do remember to like us share us make my michelle live part of your conversation and the god story let's spread it together thank you
1: for more fun go to my live.com